This, this, this is the Australian Mobile DJ Podcast. In this series, we'll talk to them, get to know them and learn from them. And here's your host, DJ Bebo. Today's DJ would have to be one of the most talented guys I know in Australia. He's based in Sydney. He's an audio producer. He is a director. He is a filmmaker, a voiceover artist. But it all started as a DJ. Today we're talking to DJ KCB. How are you, Casey? <laughs> hey, Lee. Hey, with, with an introduction like that, I think I'm a little bit excited to hear what's, what's going to be said. Well, so have I, because um, I don't think I've actually heard an interview with you before, so I'd love to hear the backstory. Where did it all start for KCB? Um, we are just chatting before. You said uh, you did a bit of community radio back in 99, and then it sort of developed from there, didn't yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah, I was actually, um, when I left school, I was working in uh, advertising and graphic design and Wild FM came about and it just, it took the nation by storm and I was, I was playing drums in a band. So we were, pl- we were playing, you know, Nirvana and Rage Against the Machine and Silverchair and all that stuff. But then I, I, I discovered dance music and it just, it just consumed me. Like nothing else existed. So I got, I got heavily into dance music. From that came a job. I got a job um, answering phones at 99.3 FM in Kalara, which is a Sydney suburb. From that, I started doing voiceovers at the station. I had a show, um, really bad voiceovers, mind you, um, and a really bad show. <laughs> it was terrible. Hey, we've all got to start somewhere, don't uh, we? I, I listen back to some of the tapes and I, I just cringe. I'm like, I cringe. I can't believe this happened. Anyway, so I remember I'd be working at, at what started as a as a Sunday afternoon. I went to an industry one night and there was a girl there and we got talking and she asked me if I'd be her phone bitch. And I said, <laughs> sure, yeah, I will. I will. I'll do anything to get into radio. So I, I answered her calls for a few, a few months and eventually she left and I took over the show. And then there was another girl there, um, Cara. So the two of us joined up. We had like this duo show. The manager, uh, Greg Plush, got sick of me asking so many questions that <laughs> he gave me a freaking drive show <laughs> and made... And made me production manager, and I just remember I was I was in my element. I was absolutely loving it, um, and I would be driving home at night, listening to I think it was um, it was an ugly Phil on the Hot Thirty Countdown. Oh yes, um, or was it, I can't remember if it was ugly Phil or David Reimer at the time. Yeah, but I remember a new guy took over, and he was this smart ass guy with this really kind of quirky voice, funniest guy that I'd ever heard on radio. And I, from that, the record company, uh, Central Station Records, was listening to my stuff during the day on community radio. And they called me up and they said, look, we really love the production you're doing. How would you like to mix a wild CD, a <gasps> mega mix, a wild CD? Wow. And in my head, I'm like, what the what the F? Like, how, how does this happen? Like, yeah. I've been listening to, to the wild CDs for like three or four years now. Yeah. I've been wanting to get into radio. I'm finally in a community radio station. And now I'm getting a call from the people that make wild to mix one of their CDs. And I, I couldn't believe my luck. So yeah. obviously I said yes. And then they asked, uh, then Nick Skitts at the time asked the record company to ask who the voiceover guy is on 99.3 because he wants that voice to voice his TV commercials. Yeah. And I said, well, that's also me. <laughs> so, then I, so then I started voicing the Skits Mix commercials, which have become this like iconic, like Skits Mix 56 kind of thing. <laughs> um, but back then I was like, Skits Mix 5. Yeah. Um, from that, Central said, well, can you also mix the wild CDs and voice the wild commercials? So then I was, I was the voice of all their, like all of, a, all of a sudden my voice was all over TV. Yeah. But I was really bad at it. So m- at the time, my idea of a good voiceover was yelling strong. Like, <laughs> so I was, I was like, skits meets five and wild, whatever. And then I remember um, these CDs were selling so well that all the major record labels got together and created a similar CD. And they said... <laughs> The brief must have been to the voiceover guy, sound like this guy. Because <laughs> all of a sudden, everyone was going, we really love you on the So Fresh TV commercials. And I'm like, what? And there's this guy going, So Fresh. Oh, that would have been Dave Kerwin. I don't know who it was, but I just everyone was saying like, oh, you're on like the So Fresh ad now. And I'm like... And I just remember thinking, this is hilarious because I was so bad at voiceovers, yet I was doing them. And all of a sudden, now this guy is yelling. They must have said, look, just sound like the wild guy. (laughs) 
from that, I was I was doing the voiceovers. I was doing community radio during the day, listening to this Hot 30 Countdown. And then my manager called and said, look, the DJ that mixes on the Hot 30 Countdown each night is taking some time off and they've, they need a fill-in. They're hoping it's you, obviously, because I was mixing the Wild CDs at the time. Yeah. And I'm like... Seriously, I am on a run of good luck. Yeah. <laughs> and so I started doing the mixes and the guy that was the, the new radio announcer with Jackie O loved the mixes. And turns out it's Kyle, Kyle yeah. Sanderlands. Yeah. But he wasn't Kyle back then. He was just this annoying shit on air that was, <laughs> would say what he thought. And I grew to love this guy so much. Anyway, um, turns out that I, I did the two weeks on the Hot 30 Countdown. And a couple of weeks or weeks, months, I can't remember. I was, I was 23 at the time. Um, I got a call from Pantsman, uh, Brendan Taylor at Today FM. And he goes, um, would you like to come into Today FM? Um, Kyle has asked that you, I'm paraphrasing, I, I can't even remember the full conversation, but it was like, Carl has asked if we can test you as the new audio engineer, have you done it before? And I'm like, oh my God, I'm doing it during the day at 99.3 FM and I listened yeah. to, to that show during oh, the wow. night. That's awesome. So, so I came in, uh, I had two days training. Yeah. <laughs> two days training. I'd never used Pro Tools before. I was what using, were you using? Yeah. I was using Cool Edit. Yes, all my everything at the station, everything on the wild CDs, uh, I was doing in Cool Edit. So here I was, day one. I walk in, I see Pro Tools. Day two, the engineers walking out saying good luck. <laughs> day three, I am sitting at the desk of the biggest countdown show in the country, playing yeah. nationwide, crying. Like I, I was crying. Wow. Um, in the room next to me, Jeff, you know Jeff Bowser? Yes. He was producing some other show. He came in, jumped in, helped me get up to speed, told me, you know, everything's going to be all right, pat me on the back. Yeah. And so I got through that night. It was cool. I think I, got, I got, I think I got about six months in on the Hot 30 Countdown and it just, I still didn't have the speed and efficiency needed for that show because yep. it just wasn't the night. It was, you know, we'd get in at four in the afternoon, we'd have a meeting till five, then you have two hours to complete the show yep. before it goes to air. Yeah. I, I just didn't have the background. Like I usually what, you know, well, it probably doesn't happen now, but back in those days, they would send you around all these different regional radio stations and after six years, they'd give you what you want. Yep. Where I kind of just got the call on Kyle's behalf and got what I want. <laughs> Out of nowhere. So uh, from that, David Reimer said, look, I'm six months into the Hot 30 Countdown. David Reimer came in and said, look, I'm going to be PD at NXFM in Newcastle. I'd love you to come with me and, and be my producer and we'll train you and get you where you need to be. And I'm like, sure, I'll do it. So I moved up and David Reimer actually moved on to somewhere else. So I went up anyway and I, I was there with um, Mike Byrne. And that was the best training ground because the guys up there would literally make me make about 10 promos a day, 15 sweepers. But but that's for each station because I was doing, I was producing NXFM and KOFM. Yeah. So all of a sudden each day I was producing, you know, 30 to 40 spots of audio. Uh, and to backtrack a little bit, just before I left the Hot 30 countdown to go up to Newcastle, I remember um, Rob Logan came in and he came and he's going, who's doing the voiceovers? I said, oh, um, me, thinking he's going to pat me on the back and say, great job. He goes, no more. And I thought, okay, all right. Yeah, you know, I am probably a bit yelly. You know, no one wants to do the whole 30 countdown uh, because it just doesn't work. It's not a wild city. And so I went up to Newcastle. I was up there for about 10 months. Also met my wife-to-be, made some really great friends. And I was doing a, a voice session. Who? It was Samuel Johnson. But then we, yeah, it was Samuel Johnson on NXFM, Jay Hackett on KO. And I loved Jay's voice. Yeah. Like, I just, it's it's like silky cream. <laughs> and it's like, my favorite voice prior to that was um, Adam Williscroft, because he was the voice of Today FM. Do you know Adam Willis? Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. very familiar with what he does. So I, I don't actually know if a lot of people know that he was the voice of Today FM for a very long time. So during my time at those six, well, those first six months doing the Hot 30 Countdown, I was listening to Adam trying to sound like him and it just wasn't working. But it got to a point where about maybe 10 months up at Newcastle, 
because, uh, yeah, Samuel Johnson was the voice, but for what I was trying to do for the station, I wanted Adam's voice mm. and we couldn't afford him. Yep. So I did a spot, sent it in for, you know, the daily check and they said, this is great. How do you get Adam? How do you, how do you agree to do it? And I said, oh, oh that that's me. And they're going, bullshit. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, like... I was trying my so damn hardest to do Adam's voice and I finally pulled it off and they go, okay, well, why don't you voice some more then? And I'm like, yes, yes. <laughs> um, so I kind of, it was good. I went up to Newcastle. I became hell fast on, uh, you know, making production and imaging. My voice servers were getting better. Then I got the call from Carl again, um, Carl and Jack to come back. So I went back. Mind you, just before I left the first time, I created something called The Diary, Carl and Jackie's Diary, where I would collect part, the best parts of the week, put it together, put some song hooks in, and it was, I, I, seriously, this, making this thing, I got anxiety. Like I'm surprised I didn't have a stroke at age 20, 23. Anyway, when I left, they stopped The Diary. And uh, Mark Del Villa took over and he was like, yeah, man, no diary anymore. I'm like, oh, thank God. So when I returned, mm -hmm. Mark was like, man, you don't have to stress about the diary. When you went, it went. So I come back. Now it's like KCB 2.0. Like I'm ready to go. I can voice now. I can, I, I'm, I'm fast. And they go, all right, we're bringing the diary back. I'm like, oh, I'm like, no, not a diary. So anyway, um, it was, it was, and from there, I, I really felt like I'd earned my stripes, but I'd had to condense what other producers would do over four to five years in like 10 months up yeah. at Newcastle. So I came back, started doing the voiceovers. I got a call from Channel V. Channel V were like, who's the new voice of the Hot 30 Countdown? We want him to be the voice of Channel V. There was this kind of weird moment because... The new guy at Channel V was Rob Logan. <laughs> so unbeknown to Rob Logan, who asked me to stop doing voiceovers, yep. was the same guy that calls me up a year or calls up a year later to say, I want that voice. Who oh, is he? Oh, that's hilarious. So at this stage, I was the voice of the Hot 30 Countdown. Then I was the same voice of Channel V at the same time. And then Macquarie Network called up. So I remember um, Jace at the time um, from Jason PJ, who back then was a lab rat. We were having a party at his house one night. And he goes, Casey, I am so freaking sick of hearing your voice everywhere I go. And I just remember thinking, yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> So I, I worked on the Hot 30 Countdown and eventually um, I remember one afternoon the producer came in, the show producer, and he goes, look, keep this quiet, but we're moving to breakfast and we're going to call it the Carl and Jackie O Show. And I remember thinking, Carl and Jackie O Show, does that sound right? Okay, I'm not going to say anything. We had to finish the end of the year doing Drive. So I built all the Carl and Jackie O'Shea production in dri for Drive, uh, which was, there's a few months left in the year. And then um, come January, we, we kick off, we come back as the morning show. And I remember pulling in Hamish and Andy to my studio and said, look, guys, I think there's a really good opportunity for you to, to get your names out there if you um, take over the Hot 30 Countdown. And... In hindsight, it's absolutely hilarious because they're, you know, homegrown megastars now. Mm. And here I was saying, look, guys, I think it's a, it'd probably be a really good radio opportunity <laughs> for you guys. Get your names out there. And it's like, and they, I just remember, um, I don't know, it was Hamish. I think he said, yeah, thanks, man. But it's probably not the, the thing we want to be doing. I'm like, okay, yeah, it's cool. And I just remember thinking, God, I would have jumped at that yes. if, if they offered me. Yeah. Uh, anyway, they, they had a path. They had a clear path and um, they've, they've done so well. Anyway, so, um, and then when Carl and Jack moved to breakfast, I said, I don't want to be doing the breakfast show. And this was 2005. So a few years, many years had passed and it's when I became production manager of Today FM. Yes, I remember those days. So I, yeah, it was a jump from the national show from to drive show and then I became the Osterio Network production. Well, the, the, here's the weird thing. We had a network production manager and he was amazing. He was great. But for some reason at the time, Craig Bruce, myself, um, and, and a team of 
a lot of other talented people with Carl and Jack here relaunched Today FM straight to number one. Carl and Jack went straight to number one. And this was prior to that was the Judith Lucy era where we were just falling, falling and falling and Today FM was doing really badly. So I remember when the first, when we relaunched with Carl and Jack and Breakfast and mind you, all the production that we relaunched with, I did on a Saturday and Sunday. So <laughs> over two days, I recreated the whole of Today FM. Wow. <clears throat> And I just remember it was really production intensive and we got Nick McKayan to do the voiceovers. Um, he was the the older voice. I was the younger voice, uh, which is weird because uh, 22 years later, Channel 7, I'm the younger voice. Yes. <laughs> He's the older voice. It's just history repeating itself. Um, and But yeah, so from that moment, um, we relaunched Today FM. It kicked off. It, it blew up. It was amazing. It's some really good times. And then, you know, eventually I got my given my Friday night show. Um, it took me so long to get that Friday night show. It was a national show. It was good. So it was a mix. It was a mixed show. So it was Friday nights with KCB, um, sponsored by Smirnoff. So I was the voiceover guy, production manager. But Craig Bruce had me doing most of the tactic work. So everything that was given out to the country, uh, given out to the rest of the network was nine times out of 10 made by myself. Yep. A lot of the music spots were made by our network manager, Blacko. Yep. And I just remember, I remember walking in after about a year or two and I said, look, I, I'm doing all this work. Craig had me doing all this stuff. Now you've got me doing like all this network stuff. I'm, you know, I'm tired. I'm working like till 10 some nights. Um, I would really love the title of network production manager as well. And I just remember them saying, sorry, Case, we already have one. And I just remember thinking in my head, I think I was smiling at them, but in my head, I'm just like, fuck yeah. all of you. <laughs> and I, I remember it's, um, and it got to, and not long after that, it got to a Friday night. I'd done all of the, the, uh, the weekend production early. I remember walking up the stairs Friday night, ready to go, and um, someone came down and said, look, everything's changed for the weekend. Oh. We're going to need you to stay back. And I just remember at that very point in time thinking, and this was this was around 2007, 2008 at that stage, and I just remember thinking, you know what? I appreciate that I'm well paid to do this job, but I am I'm fucking over it. Like, this place can be run so much better. And I said, look, I've got this idea. Why don't we pro rata my pay? I'll take a pay cut. We put two people on. And mind you, I, I don't know what the guys are on now, but back then um, the pay was very handsome. Mm. So I said, look, let's get a couple of young guys in. I'll try and train them up. We'll create a hub. I don't want to be working all these hours. You know, there's, there's too many things coming back and forth. You know, one day you want this, the next day you want that. The next day, some dimwit that just started upstairs has a say. So now this guy all of a sudden knows better than I do after 10 years and is changing my work. I said, I'm just over it. Anyway, a, couple, a little bit of time went by. I was getting jaded and, you know, the whole – and as an, as an audio producer, especially me because I – like I – I'm a bit, I'm a bipolar creative, so I just, I want to be doing it all. Anyway, I just remember thinking, I, I'm over this. So I walked in and I said to uh, the guys at Today FM, I said, look, you know, I think, it, I think I've loved it. This has been great. It's been wonderful, but um, I, I don't have anything more to offer. It was time to say goodbye, but they didn't want me going to <laughs> any of the other, the opposition. So they created a three-day-a-week position for me. Yeah, right. <laughs> doing um, internal audio. Yeah. They called me back and said, look, we, we have this idea. You work for us during the week. We pro-rata your pay. When we need work done, you do it. And I'm like, okay. Um, so three days a week pay. So I'm just on call and I and they go, yeah. I'm like, oh, that sounds good. So, so if I'm in a movie and you guys need something – what do we do? And they said, well, you'd have to leave and go and make the production. I'm like, okay. So anytime, nine to five, five days a week, I'm on call. Yep. For three days pay. Yep. And I'm like, I <laughs> came back, said, look, guys, you know, I'll work three days for you, but you, we have to allocate those three days because I, I can't be on call. It just doesn't work. So I did that. And as I left, um, DB came in to take over as the program director of Today FM. 
Kyle, Jackie, DB, Jace, Labrat, Jason PJ Labrat, myself and DB, we all started our sort of Super Bowl radio career on the same show. So when I heard that he was coming back from Newcastle, because he went to Newcastle as well, he was coming back from Newcastle to be the content director of Today FM just after I left. Now, had I known he was coming back, I would have stayed mm. because it would have been freaking awesome. Yeah. Anyway, anyway, anyway. So I started working from home, doing the three-day-a-week thing. Still had my show, um, and I was loving it. So it got to a point uh, two years later, I thought, okay, well, I'll start putting some people on. So I built, I built this custom-built studio. It looked Hollywood. It was like this large studio, and at the end, there were two pod studios for two juniors. And it was all, had all the electronics, sort of all the mics feeding through, through the walls. And I remember about a month after it completed, the current head of Austria Network called me up, said, hey, Case, how are you? I'm like, yeah, good. I'm, I'm a studio's finished, really um, pumped. And he's like, we got to let you go. <laughs> and I'm like, no way. I've just spent all this money. Mm. And it's like, okay, sure. I understand. Um look, it's Christmas in a few weeks. Do you mind if I just um, finish up today so that I can try and find a job and, and try and survive? And they're like, yeah, that's okay. Thanks, guys. Oh, wow. Um, it always happens just before Christmas, doesn't it? Yeah. Oh. And, and I just remember sitting there thinking, well, it was a good run. I can't complain. At least I've still got my show. And then I got a call saying, look, Ruby Rose is taking over your show. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, okay. <laughs> well, well, thank you for that. I, I'm honoured to have had the show for as long as I did. Yeah. That was very nice. Yeah. Um, t- I didn't know Ruby Rose was a DJ. So for me to hear that, I was like, really? Okay. Funny thing was, I was um, I was the DJ at the event for Girlfriend Magazine when uh, Ruby Rose was on stage awarded the cover girl, which launched her career. Oh, really? <laughs> so it's, it's all like these... A, um, lo- paths that cross during your career it's incredible yeah so during during that time being in production and all the rest of it were you doing gigs on the weekend as well oh yeah i was flying around i was flying around weekend to weekend releasing cds i I, was probably about just done under 20 wild cds all up so most of them would have been during the time at today fm yeah so i remember some nights some friday nights busting my nut trying to get stuff done just to be on a plane to be at brisbane or adelaide or wherever it was later that night to be on stage at midnight or one or two um a couple of times i'd missed flights um but yeah i, I was i was working so hard and i would be up at early in the mornings on the hot 30 because um i was also the hot 30 dj doing the mega mixes but I had to pre, they weren't mix-ups, they were mega mixes. So I had to get up early and make them. So I'd get up early, make the mega mixes, then train into work, start the show, voice the stuff and repeat it daily. So yeah, during that time I was DJing. I was very busy. And do you remember a, a certain trip out west to, I think it was Orange and you did the Star FM celebrity party or something like that. I was there that time with my friend Tim. I remember two gigs i remember one was on a corner and it was good and then there was another booking in orange it was it was up that main road yeah and i remember walking in and (laughs) i probably shouldn't say this i remember walking in and thinking okay another another town where it's a late start and then i got on there's still no one in the room. <laughs> I oh, finished. No. There's no one in the room. Yeah. I left. There's no one in the room. You got paid, remember, though, didn't you? <laughs> oh, I still got paid, but I just remember <laughs> thinking, wow, I probably, you know, last week I probably played to 2,000 people. I, yep. l- like tonight, I, pl- I played to two bar staff. <laughs> but I, I do remember, I, d- I do remember a, uh, a gig on the corner at, in Orange, but I don't remember the details. So okay. that, that must have been what you're talking about. Yeah, I think it was the Logan brothers from Big Brother were there and um, Tim and I can't even remember his co-host on Star FM back in the day, but yeah, many years ago. I think it was Rob Brizzy that referred you, I think, back in the oh, day. Yeah. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. Okay, cool. Many, many moons ago. So what, what are you doing these days in terms of um, producing and stuff? You're still working on songs? Oh, these days, yeah, I'm still working on music. Not as much. Um, when when things finished up with Today FM, I, I, uh, I thought, well... Around the same time, music was changing. I'd lost, um, I'd lost my show to to Ruby Rose. 
I was doing mix-ups during the day on Today FM, which I lost to Havana Brown. Um, and I just remember thinking, you know what, I think the universe is pushing me out to new beginnings. And I just remember saying to my wife, you know what, maybe it's time to just... When I was younger, I, I, I loved making movies. So I thought, it was, it was around 2010, 2011. I thought, you know what, I'm just going to turn to movies. So I put all my effort into making, um, trying to start a film career as a, a writer-director. And because, because, how do I say this without sounding like I think I'm the greatest thing on earth? I'm not. <laughs> I had an, I have an ability to teach myself things very quickly, pick it up very quickly, and then adapt and become have a a, a high standard very quickly. Sounds um, like that guy off the suits. Have you seen that series? Oh, he's yeah, Mike. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Mike. Yeah, I'm nothing like Mike. <laughs> Mike's amazing. I'm not amazing. I'm. I just. I just. I just have. I have an ability to. To to just sponge in all 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 the information and and just sit down and teach myself and learn and and just do it at a very rapid rate. Yeah. Um. So and I think I think part of that is because I'm kind. I'm. I'm a little bit. I'm. It's like I'm bipolar. Yeah. So. My brain's a little bit weird that way. Um, so I can pick things up very quickly and get to a very high standard very quickly. Um, and again, I, saying that, and, and I'm probably going to listen back to this and think, oh, why did I say that? But no, it's it's just something that I have and I, I can't explain it. Like people that I know, like they're like, God, you just, you piss me off. <laughs> You're annoying because you can, you can do things and yep. you can do them well quickly. Anyway, so I thought, okay, well, I'll turn to film. And this time next year, I'll be doing Jessica Malboy's and Guy Sebastian's music videos. So I started doing music videos with my friends. I went and bought some equipment. And guess what? What? Casey's not as good as he thought oh, he was when, no. it, when, it, when it comes to film because yeah. the film industry is just something else. There's, yeah. there's no entry point. Mm. There's no entry point. Like It's, you lit, it's different for everyone. There's, there's no book written to get into to filmmaking so uh it was it was a bit of a bit of a slump trying to get this up and running um but um in 2013 which was just a couple of years later um word on the street was a brand new station was starting up and a lot of people were jumping ship so i got the call again would you like to be the voice of the brand new radio station kicking off in 2014? So in 2013, I went in and voiced Kiss FM. Wow, now, that's no awesome. One, yeah, no one knew about it. No one, it was all very secretive and harsh. Um, but, you know, stories have been told now, so I don't think it really matters yep. talking about it. Um, so end of 2013, I went in and I voiced it all. Certain people weren't permitted to be present at the um, actual voice session yeah and i remember thinking i walked in i said okay guys we've got a brand new channel a uh, brand new station i suspect you want me to be the voice because i was the voice of today fm in there for 10 years and at this stage when you launch something new you want it to be fresh but you also want people to feel a little bit at home straight away mm. so obviously hearing my voice on kiss to begin with would give that little bit of comfort Perhaps yeah. I don't know. That's what that's what I was thinking. So I walked into the session, thinking there'd be you know ten people standing around with a clear idea of what they wanted, and there was one engineer and another person, and they didn't know what they wanted. Oh. And the person that was running the station wasn't allowed to be in the session. What? And I remember thinking, okay, well, all right, I'll do it because there's no one more qualified in this room to do it than me because yeah. obviously you know today fm for 10 years doing it and they're like no we don't no let's not do it like that I'm like okay sure so we kind of ran through some different sounds and it got to a point where it was like more attitude i'm like okay all right all right sure sure attitude kiss fm it's like just it just started sounding like this Ugh. and i'm like that sounds terrible and they're like and the guy that was sort of directing it was i'm not sure wonderful guy beautiful guy friendly i was so honored to be there with him but i don't think i was given the wrong direction mm. now mind you whatever we recorded that day in a couple i think there's another session had to last the entire year so i went in 
I remember walking out both times thinking, that sounds shit. Like if, if I was if I was launching this station, that is not the sound I would be running with. And and the other thing as a voiceover artist too is I just every session I just have to remind myself that I'm not the director, someone else is. Mm. I'm I'm just I'm the instrument and they're playing the instrument to the way they want it to sound. And regardless of how comfortable I feel with my performance or the sound, it's irrelevant. It's what if they're happy with it. That's all that matters. Yep. They're paying. It's their product. It's their broadcast. But every time it came on air, it was like, you know, KISS 1065 or whatever it was, uh, KISS news, KISS traffic. And I just remember hearing it going, that sounds terrible. It's just terrible. Yeah. There was also the big American voice. Um, obviously, you know, there's always an Ameri- big American vi- voice as well. So he, he took on the grunt of everything, which was great because – I just remember every time I came on thinking, oh, I would have done it so differently. <laughs> anyway, so we go into, we flip over into year two. <laughs> it's a complete refresh with a new voice. Yeah. And I remember thinking, I don't blame you guys. For, <laughs> I do not blame you guys. But what I would have loved is an opportunity for you guys to say, look, why don't you come in and we'll do it differently this time? Yeah. Because, um, you know, the guy that they replaced me with didn't necessarily do a better job. He just mm. did a different job. Yeah. A job that I would have done the first time round, which would have had longevity on air. But, um, yeah, so I just remember thinking, oh, such an exciting thing to be the first voice of, of Kiss FM. And I remember... When the ads started playing, Carl and Jackie O, and they had the big tongues, and it was the first Kiss commercial, and and I was the voice on that. That was pretty exciting because someone else was directing that session, so it was a little bit more relaxed. Mm. But from that, so during that first year on air, um, their internal department came through and said, hey, would you like a job doing this three days a week, which was the department, which those last those last two years where I was working three days a week for Today FM and Stereo was a department um, which also started up at KISS FM. So the guys that were the up-and-comers were now running that division. Beautiful people. My, uh, Michael Dargan, I don't know if you know him. He no, is what, he's one of the nicest people in radio. Um, and he called me up. He goes, hey, man, what are you doing? What are you up to? Um, you know, we've got this happening. Would you like to be part of it? I'm like, yeah, man, for sure. I go, I'm I'm kind of getting into movies, so I only might last a few months, but why don't we trial it? <laughs> that was seven years ago. <laughs> it's like that whole, yeah, I can, I can do things really quickly. <laughs> um, yeah, the old film thing, it's seven years later and, um, you know, it, it's still, it's a, it's a slow burner. Um, and I'm still with, with Michael Dargan at KISS. We're still doing, um, you know, great work. And um, so that's where I'm at now. Still got, you know, a couple of fingers in radio, but I never walk into the stations and um, leave it to all the young, smiling kids now. I, I walk in now and, I, you know, I recognise, well, the couple of times I've walked in, I recognise Carl, Jack, DB and just about no one else. <laughs> <laughs> what, what about your um, show that you were doing on Kiss on Saturday nights? Cause you're, oh, yeah. Because yeah, you're trying so, to bring back Wild too at one stage, weren't yeah, you? Yeah, lo- lots of things. Yeah, well, yeah, I missed that out. I was doing, I, was, I had my Kiss show, um, so that was fun. And, the, you know, the great thing about working under DB at KISS uh, was that working with DB is it's it's like he finds the best people for the job and lets them do it. Yeah, well, that's We're, exactly what um, well, the one and only um, Steve Jobs says. We hire yep. the best people and we let them do it. We don't tell yep. them what to do. So he, he, he gave me the show and never got in the way. Yep. Now, I remember over at Today FM, it was... The consensus was you work for the number one radio station, you'll do what we say. And I had plenty of those meetings with different people. Not all people. A lot of the people at Today FM were absolutely wonderful people too, um, most of them. But I, I did have those awkward situations. So when I came to KISS and I was given free reign to do whatever I wanted on my show, there were no checks. I think it was also, also you know, 10 years on and, you know, DB and I, it's sort of come together on the Hot 30 Countdown. It's it's almost like he, I felt like he could trust, trust whatever I did. I don't even think he even listened to the show, to be honest. I just think he knew, <laughs> I just think he knew it would have worked. 
and um, that was good enough for him. But um, yeah, he got to a point. You know, I had my first firstborn, and um, time was just sort of slipping away from me. And you know, I had a couple of things on the boil with film and and the show. Even even though it was just a two hour mix show. I try to put my heart and soul into everything. So there was preparation during the week and, you know, then I pulled in um, a, a young sort of co-host, which I was training up and was kind of like my protege at the time, um, Zanon. So I was teaching Zanon and sort of he was learning passively through the show. Then I'd get him on. And so it became this kind of like, it became a real show. It wasn't a mixed show. Yep. It was like it became something that, you, that was fun to listen to. But yeah, it, it just became a little bit of this little monster which um, I, I couldn't I couldn't keep up with. So I had to call the guys and say, "Look, um, you know, I've really loved it, and I'm I'm so gracious for the opportunity, and I'm I'm, I'm thankful." But um, at this point in time, I just I just don't have it in me to continue. So they were good enough to you know come Christmas Eves, um, New Year's Eves. So they'd give me, you know, spot shows and specialty shows. And I haven't done one for a couple of years because now I've got two children and, yeah. and, and different things. And I don't know if you have children, but sort of I do. You know, yeah. just getting from the door to the, the door of your car and leaving <laughs> sometimes is, is hard enough to get out of the house, you know. Uh, so, yeah, I just said to the guys, oh, yeah, yeah, I just I haven't done much since then. Um, and that's been about two years since I've done a show on Today. And I, it's funny because I was, I was listening to some stuff last night and I thought oh, I should hit up DB and say, hey, do you want like a, would you be happy with a 90s hour dance show this New Year's Eve, um, which was and then I think I fell asleep. <laughs> <laughs> well, I did hear that Jimmy Z's uh, relaunched foreplay in the form of an online radio station, so that, that could be oh, yeah. something to look at. And these days, you're the voice of Channel 7. This was exciting news for me when I read this at the beginning of the year. Kind of giving you the background. So the voice of Today FM for about 10 years, yeah. then the voice of Kiss. Then from that, it was the voice of Fox 8 for about four years. Um, and then from that, I went to Channel 10, I went through all the auditions. From while, while I was at Fox 8, I was auditioning for Channel 10. So I got the gig at Channel 10. I went in, went upstairs, met everyone, got shown around. Started voicing. It was really exciting because, you know, you can do, you can do radio. Radio is exciting. You can do Foxtel channels, and that's exciting too. But when you get a Channel 10 or a 7 or a 9, that's really the gold mark of, of voice as far as I'm concerned. For yeah, me anyway. absolutely. Like it's so, natural it's across everything. So I'm sitting at home and I'm hearing hearing my voice on, you know, Master Chef tonight on 10. Blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, I was so excited. And um, then about two weeks later, I walked in and instead of being handed, you know, five scripts, I was handed half a torn piece of paper with this program brought to you by Blah written in blue pen. Oh. So and, you can tell the budgets and, have been cut. <laughs> and I read it and I walked out. Don't even know who the audio producer was in that session. So when I said goodbye, it was kind of like a, uh, all right, well, I'll, I'll just keep walking then. And I remember saying to my agent, um, yeah, that wasn't a, like a real session. And then there were no sessions that week. There were no sessions the week after. Yeah. And it turns out that... Um, my understanding of it was that it was just at the time when Channel 10 were going through some real bad issues. Yeah. But it was at the time when I heard that CBS had bought them or, or saved them or taken over, new logo, all that kind of fun stuff. But the last person to join was the first person to get the boot because they were letting people go left, right and centre. Mm. You know, Adam Adam is, was there already. He was doing a, a wonderful job and he's got such a, such a rich, smooth voice. So um, I don't think they needed that younger voice. Yeah. Uh, so Adam's still doing it. And then MTV came along. So I did MTV for a little bit. Obviously, UK TV. I've been doing UK TV for about five or six years now, I think. Then Channel 10 called me back this year around, when was it? May, April, May. And I said to my agent, I go, no way. After the way they treated me last time, there's no way I will ever go into Channel 10 and do anything for them. And she goes, come on, do it. I'm like, okay, you're right. It could be wonderful. It could be wonderful this time. So I walked in and this time the, the producer was 
my old producer from Fox 8. I'm like, oh, hey, man, how are you, Mark? How are you doing? He's like, hey, yeah, okay, cool, cool. So we did the session and I, I, I felt really good because obviously it was someone I'd worked with before. And he goes, look, um, this is going to go upstairs. It'll probably be a few weeks, maybe a month before you hear back from me again. I'm like, okay, yeah, that's cool. At least, at least I know now, like, thank you. So I walked out. Not long after that, <laughs> my agent calls and goes, Channel 7 want you in. I'm like, I just did something for Channel 10. It's a seven swooped in. Uh, and they said, they want to see you on the Thursday. So I went in Thursday because I was the last one that Channel 7 had seen. I was the last one of the auditions. And that was at 3 p.m. on a Thursday. 3 p.m. the following day, my agent is FaceTiming me. And I'm thinking, and I'm working at home. So I'm just sitting there in my boxes. And I'm like, I'm not taking this call. You know, if practically looked naked. So I ran, <laughs> threw a top on. Like, like, hey, and there's like my agent, uh, Catherine, and all the girls in the office all bunched up going, congratulations, you got Channel 7. And I'm like, wow, I did not see that coming. I'm like, and it did not sink in for, it literally took about a week or two to sink in. Yeah. Of course I was excited. My wife was excited and everyone was really excited. But I think I was so jaded from my time at Channel 10 that I thought, I'm not, I'm not going to allow myself to get excited because two weeks from now I could just be, you know, dropped. Mm. And the other thing was a, uh, a, a friend of mine was the voice I was replacing. So it made mm. it, it was, it was very hard and I felt very awful because, you know, he's got children yeah. and he's, he's a beautiful guy and, you know, I, I never want to take anything away from people. And I just, I had all these mixed emotions and then I, uh, you know, a couple of weeks in, I started hearing myself on Channel 7 and, you know, all the SMSs and calls and people was, hey, we heard you. And it kind of felt right. Yep. So it, it's been great, like Voice of Channel 7. And it was, it was, a, it was a gift because it's, it's a very hard year for a lot of people. And, yeah, um, definitely. And I was, I was given a gift and, a, you know, a lot of people are, you know, on, on JobKeeper and I was gifted this and um, I'm very, very thankful. And, you know, everyone at Channel 7 is, they're just amazing. Sounds like you really do believe in, you know, being grateful and um, showing thanks and it, it definitely comes back for you, doesn't it? Yeah, I, I am I am thankful. Like, uh, you know, I look at this year and it's such a, a terrible, 2020 is such a terrible year for so many, but for some reason it's been a good year for me. <laughs> I hate saying that and I shouldn't laugh. My head is down right now. <laughs> Shame on you, Casey. Shame on I you. I know. Shame. <laughs> well, well, thank you so much for joining us on the Australian Mobile DJ podcast. Like I said, you, you're not only a DJ, you're a voiceover artist, you're an audio producer, you're, you're this, you're that. You, you, there's lots of things going on for you. Let's let's just quickly go back to the DJing thing. What are your tools of trade? What do you like performing with? I, I'm very simple. It's just, uh, just a couple of Pioneers and a mixer. I don't, I don't care if they're Nexuses or the CDJ 100s. If... If I can, if I can turn the pitch up and down, I'll use them. <laughs> it's as simple as that. Like I, I'm, I'm not, I'm not, I don't scratch and do all the fun stuff that the R and B DJs do. So I don't, I don't need vinyl and I don't need any tricky gear. And you know, the young ones right now, they've got Serato and they've got their, you know, push contraption, uh, little controllers, and they do some amazing stuff. But I'm, I'm just. I guess I'm just an old school DJ where, you know, I mix one song into the next yep. and do it in a way that makes people yell and scream. And yeah, I, I guess, yeah, Pioneer. I just use Pioneer gear. That's that's really about it. So just off USB, is that where you put your tracks? Yeah, I was so scared of USBs. I only switched over to USBs uh, about a year and a half, two years ago. Yep. Like, I, I was so scared of them. I was. I, I used CDs for so long because I, I, I was worried that, you know, time would tick down. I wouldn't be able to get to the next folder. And I don't know. There was just, you know, you, you know how, you know how, you know how I told you the younger version of me yeah. was like, like really, um, um, you know, I'm so good at learning. <laughs> the older I get, it's like, yeah, I think I'm a bit more scared of things and anxious <laughs> these days. Uh, yeah. Um, so yeah, I was, I was just really anxious. But once I got the hang of it, like I, I couldn't, I couldn't go back to CDs. So yeah, so just USBs. So I just like, like most people, just transfer it using Record Box. <clears throat> and in the studio, I know you use Pro Tools a lot, but uh, surely there's more uh, to it than that. Yeah, so I use I use Pro Tools for audio editing and and um, commercials, TV commercials, and radio imaging. Um, I 
started on Cubase around 1992 when I was making music production, but back then it was on Atari, so we had to use the, the floppy disks to load the software to be able to use it. Oh, the old uh, 3D icon of the save button. Yeah, so, <laughs> yeah, I started on Atari Cubase, and then around 98, 99, when the EXS24 sampler was introduced to Logic, I switched over to Logic. Um and then I was swapping between Logic and Cubase for a few years. And then around around 2008, I had a couple of juniors working for me. And one of the guys brought in a dance track, which he made. And it was one of the most well-produced tracks I'd ever heard. And I was using, at the time, I was in Logic. And I said, I, was, I remember saying something like, you did this yourself. He's like, yeah. And I said, how did you get your kicks so crisp and your bass so crunchy and clear and like everything just, everything's so well gelled. I was like, have you been to like an engineering school or what? And he goes, no. I go, what software are you using? He goes, oh, um, Ableton Live. I'm like, okay, can you show me it? And he showed me it. And I remember at the time, I, I got a copy of it. I'm, I, I A-B'd samples and a track just a very quick track i whipped up i whipped up the exact same thing in both and i remember exporting it from um logic and then exporting it from ableton and logic at the time the uh the audio algorithms with the audio engine it it was very muffled mm. like uh, a lot of people say oh no every door sounds the same it's just yeah. the way you it's like, but no, it's it's like a, it's like a camera, like a red camera sensor and an RE sensor and a Venice sensor. They all look different, and I remember hearing this clarity in Ableton. <clears throat> so I switched over to Ableton, and I've been using it ever since. Um, so yeah, so now I use Ableton. Um, I was using Waves plugins for a while. I kind of weave in and out of them, and just the stock standard plugins of Ableton when I make music. Um, but just recently started getting into the fab filters, you know, um, uh, for EQs and limiting and uh, uh, compression, all the DSPs. Um, yeah, so now it's, it's just Ableton. And, and what I about mixes? <laughs> Do you still use mixes or is it all just in computer these days? If it's a radio show, I, it's no secret. Everyone does. I, I just do it in Ableton. Yeah. Uh, it's, um, you know, we hand shows in. Um, yeah, I, I've just been doing it on Ableton, yeah. And Ableton's, you know, great for mixing too. You, no, you can knock it out pretty quickly. And microphones, what microphones do you love? Okay, very good question because I did some testing earlier this year. Um, most of the agencies... I've voiced that in my career uses a Sennheiser 416. Yeah. Standard. That's just standard. Now, that works if you're in an isolated room with great padding. Yep. Because it's an actual mic that's used for, um, you know, it's a boom mic. If it's if you try to voice in your car or, or any room that has a little bit of reverb, it picks it up. Mm -hmm. So... I do have the 416, but when I started, we did some mic tests early June at Channel 7 for my voice. We started with an $11,000 U67 mic, and it sounded good. Then we tried the 416, and it didn't sound as good. But with the, the U67, it didn't have that sparkle. Like, sure, you can just lift the EQ if you want, but, the you know, obviously you want it in the chain before you get inside the box. So we tried a whole bunch of different mics, and turns out that the the best mic for what we're doing is the Rode NT1, not yes. the A, just the NT1. Oh, right, okay. Um, so everything I'm voicing on Channel 7 is through the Rode NT1, which I, I went out to buy one at home because I'm doing a whole bunch of stuff from home as well. And, mm. you know, we do Source Connect. And um, so I ran out to all the shops around Sydney and they were all sold out. So oh, of course. I got, got, on, got on the website, wrote, wrote to Road saying, look, guys, can you let me know when this is out? Because I've blah, blah, blah. And they said, look, we'll send you one for free. Oh, so I got, thanks, Road. So yeah, I know. This program proudly <laughs> so, brought to you by Road. 
Yeah. So the following day, I went around to, I, I wrote to Ferrari and said, look, there's no Ferraris <laughs> in any of your stores. <laughs> and they said, goodbye and hung up. No. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, I'm using, I'm using the road and it, it's funny because um, the, the head of uh, SEA called me and said, what mic are you using? Are you using a 416? I'm like, nope. I'm using I'm using a three hundred dollar mic, and he goes okay because I, I actually I've actually had a couple of people ask me what mic, which is really weird. I think you know when you when you start voicing something like Channel Seven, it people look at you differently or yeah. they pay more attention. I don't know. I can't. I don't understand it. So I had people ask me what mic you use. Yeah. What are you doing differently? Yeah. You know, you sound so good, and part of that is too like actually I got really annoyed with an actor the other day because he heard me and he goes he goes. God, they put so many effects on your voice. You, you, you barely rec- you're barely recognisable. And I just remember sitting there fuming, going, you have no idea how many hours I've put in <laughs> my life to be able to sound different. Because yeah. I, I don't have a good voice. Like, I, I don't have a good voice to do voiceovers. Like, I know it's the weirdest thing. I, I'm just, I am a hack. Like, I've got so many friends that walk in a room and they say, they're like, oh, ghetto mate, how are you? You're like, oh, man, you should be a voiceover artist. <laughs> like, me? I don't. Yeah. I don't. I, I've, it, I've just been a voiceover hack for 20-odd for years. Like, I have no bass. I've got no bass in my voice. It's all mids. Yeah. And if you want to get anything out of my voice, you really have to bring up, you know, around, you know, 2 to 10K because ah. that's the, where the volume is. But for some reason, I just keep getting work. Yeah, it's funny. Do you find like, that you go. need to use the proximity effect, getting nice and close? Oh, all, yeah, all yeah. the I have to all yeah. the time. Like, um, you know, there's guys out there that can stand, say, two fist lengths away. Yeah. I like to get up close, around sort of one fist yeah. length away yeah. on everything, and I think that's where I get the fullness of my voice. If I take a step back, um, then it, you know, there's nothing. Like I'm, I'm just paper thin. Like there's a lot of guys that I could list about ten to twenty guys right now which have a better voice than I do, weren't chosen to do the things that I've been chosen to do, and yeah. I, I, I don't get it. I think it, part of it is delivery, yeah, the way you deliver, or, or um, the tone. I, I, I don't know, or um, what the guys liked at Channel Seven was. They're calling me the storyteller voice. Ah. So, so if there's like a journey to be told or some emotion or, you know, they call me the 7.30 voice. Prime time. Been, yeah, the prime time voice. So, but but during time I've learned to sort of try, like try and sound older than I am. Right now, I don't know how old, like people listening probably have tuned out and turned off, but for those of you that are still listening, uh, they're interested in voiceovers, it's like you you have um, this genre, like, um, you know, 18 to 24 or, you know, 24 to 30, 30 to 40, 40 to 50, whatever it may be. It's like, I can still do the young teenage KFC, but I'm getting to a point now where I can also sort of edge into, even though I am 43, edge, I still don't sound 43, but I'm, I'm getting to that point now where I can drop my register to do um, low-key drama. Is it because your testicles have dropped a bit more with age? Is that what it is? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> I think I think that's. I've just <laughs> I've, I've hung weights to them. <laughs> Casey Baker, thank you so much for joining us on the Australian Mobile DJ Podcast. Oh, uh, thanks for having me. The Australian Mobile DJ Podcast was hosted by DJ Bevo and produced by Matt Fulton Productions.